You are listening to the Young Culture Podcast, where young adults from all backgrounds and experiences share their ideas and opinions. Hello, Young Culture. Thank you for listening in. It's Vanita here, and I have Manakshi here with me from Ottawa. Manakshi, if you want to say hey. Hey. (laughs) How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. So how's life like in Ottawa right now with all the craziness? Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, it's pretty similar to whatever else everyone is experiencing, but, um, you know, we're, we're thankful that, uh, we have each other being our family. We've got all of us here. We've got, you know, warm meals at the end of the day, we've got a house or a roof over our house. So we're, we're just, we're happy. We're happy. That's awesome. I love that. And we're obviously going to talk about this more later, but you're a parent. So I'm sure your experiences right now being a parent is a little different than mine. And I saw this meme on Instagram a few weeks ago, and it was like a mom talking to a single person. She's like, so what's it like uh, being in quarantine when you're single? Do you get to watch whatever TV shows you want to watch? Do you get to eat all the food that you want to eat? Yeah, I tend to be a bit envious sometimes of my single friends, but uh, yeah, we're really, we're killing the Paw Patrol and the Frozen nice. movies. Oh, nice. Yeah. I bet Disney Plus is being used like crazy right now, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, we jokingly, we, um, I shouldn't say jokingly, we accidentally um, purchased the year subscription to Disney Plus like a while ago and we, we were telling ourselves, yeah, we we're just like, oh, we'll, we'll cancel it or whatever. And then we never came around to it. And then now, of course, during COVID like Disney plus has been our savior so it was almost like it was destined to be (laughs) oh my gosh your kids are probably loving it do you do you love Disney plus as much as your kids like are there any old shows that you watch honestly I was digging it I don't get much of the tv because (laughs) because of um so it's my three and a half year old who's constantly um hoarding the tv here so the one time that I did browse I mean I was finding like Oh God, Lizzie, what was it? The Lizzie McGuire show. Um, Oh my goodness. And there was another one too. All just, just all these classics are on there too. Mm -hmm. Right. So I've tried to sit her down and watch like Cinderella and Snow White, but then I go back and I'm like, how, what, what is going on in these movies? It's true. It's true. I can't believe. Yeah. 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 It's interesting teenagers oppressed and all the patriarchy going on in there (laughs) so bad the messaging is not good and so I've had to just okay let's just slip out of this movie and go back to (laughs) that's actually a great question um now that you're a parent and you obviously you see these things from a different lens versus when you were digesting it when you were a kid what now that uh, like as your child grows up, do you feel like you're going to be, I don't know if policing is the right word, but mm-hmm. being more selective of the content that they d- digest or do you feel like just they should just take it in or? Um, so I'm kind of on the fence. My biggest thing is, so I've got two little girls. I have a three and a half year old and I have a six month old. So my biggest thing for them is to get um soak in content that empowers them mm-hmm. um because you know there's obviously um you know there's been negativity around um you know male female content and whatnot and i'm just trying to i'm trying to break that stigma i'm trying to tell you know especially my three and a half year old that uh you can you can do you're allowed to do this and you're allowed to do that you know you're allowed to um to do different types of sports and whatnot, you know, like I felt like growing up, we were so, um, streamlined that girls could only do this, 
this way and boys could only do that that way, right? So I'm trying to break those, those barriers and um, making sure that the content she is taking in um, allows for that, right? So I jokingly sometimes say she's watching Paw Patrol and I'll ask her, I'll say, her name's Amia, so I'll say, Amia, why is, why is the main character a boy? Why isn't it a girl, you know? So I'll just kind of like throw these little, um, these little hints in her mind to remind her that she's a girl and she's allowed to be, you know, a leader of a pact as well. Um, (laughs) So that's kind of the take and approach that um, I'm taking and my husband's taking as well. Um, So yeah, so that's, that's the way we're going about it. You know what? I love that. Like Mm. they're still watching the things that other kids watch, but you're, you're starting that critical thinking at such a young age. And I think that's so Mm -hmm. cool. And that's only going to serve for positives for her as she keeps getting older. So I, yeah, I love that. And um, speaking of empowering content, why don't you tell us a little bit about the stuff that you're currently working on right now? That's right. So I just started, well, I shouldn't say I just started. I recently relaunched my uh, platform. So I actually started blogging in 2016 after I had my first mm-hmm. uh, first child. And um, I started because I had experienced a lot of, um, you know, I wouldn't say trauma, but it was, it was, it was hard. Motherhood, you know, the first time was definitely hard. Um, the whole birthing experiences was, was very hard as well. So I just felt like I needed an outlet to share my, my thoughts. And that's why I, I went with the name Mama Untold Thoughts, because, you know, sometimes we hold back on a lot of what we're feeling and we suppress those thoughts and we don't get those opportunities to share what's on our mind. So, you know, after all of what I experienced with childbirth and post-childbirth, I said, why not create an outlet for me to let my thoughts out? And I did that and the response was great. I had a lot of support. Um, I had moms reach out to me and, you know, they appreciated the work because they were looking for something similar too. And then life happened. So then I went back to work and I just didn't get a chance to write anymore as much as I wanted to. But then I had my second child in November of 2019 and I said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to full force do this. And that's what I decided to do. And I relaunched and I realized too, that I've, I've evolved as a mother. So I have it as an outlet, but I also have it as a platform to now empower other moms and have them share their stories. And I've also reached out to dads too now. So I have dads talking, um, you know, on my platform and we're doing this by, by virtue of, you know, uh, having virtual conversations. And, um, this all started because I was like, you know what, I love writing, but I also like seeing people and meeting people. So let's start doing vlogs. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so I started doing, um, yeah, I started doing videos more like just something to make it more personable, I think, and, and mm-hmm. connect more with people. And um, yeah, so I, I've been talking to moms. I've been talking to dads. We've been having impromptu conversations and it's just yeah. been fun. It's been fun to to release a lot of our emotions and connect, especially during this time when there's a lot of, um, you know, uncertainty and, you know, unknown factors. So, uh, so yeah, it's been great. Oh, I love that so much. And um, when you started your platforms, I know being part of the the South Asian community, um, how do I say this? We're not always, uh, we haven't been exposed to the idea of just like saying how we feel all the time, right? So I'm curious to know when you first started this and when you were releasing content and blog posts about your experiences, were you comfortable with just like talking about it right off the bat or was that kind of a process in itself? It definitely took some time. I think, um, 
you know, putting my first post out there in 2016 about sharing even my, my birth experience, it took a lot in me. I went back and forth on the idea. I wasn't sure if it was going to mesh well with, you know, even my parents letting me share this, you know, information, right? Because of course, as, as we've been taught, as we've grown up is, you know, don't, don't share too much information, right? Only share enough that that's it, you know, not, not too much. So it was, um, it was hard. It was, you know, really putting myself out there. I was, I was making myself vulnerable and, um, I just kind of took that leap. I said, you know what? I, I'm a mom. I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to hide. Um, and if anything, I want to also teach my girls that we do have a voice and we are allowed to use that voice, right. To, to share our experiences. So, um, you know, that was kind of the, the motivation behind it was knowing that I am now someone's role model. Someone's looking up to me. Right. So, so yeah, so I, I felt, I felt compelled. I did it. And, um, you know, I'm like, like you mentioned, I'm here in Ottawa and there's a lot of great, um, mom bloggers here, um, who are doing amazing, amazing things. Um, but I felt like there wasn't really much representation either. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, there was no one really within the South Asian community who was speaking out about their, um, their feelings and, and emotions and, um, you know, anything really related to motherhood and parenthood for that matter. So, um, so that was just another spark to, to get things yeah. going. I think it's such a cool time right now. Like representation is everything. And I feel like slowly we're getting to a point where there are cool representations from different backgrounds that aren't like very stereotypical and very gimmicky. Like just like we're all normal people here experiencing things. So exactly. what, what does it mean to you to be that kind of representation in, in the world of parenting and like mom blogging and stuff like that? I think it's so my goal too, as, as I've, you know, decided to go through this, um, this venture and create this platform is to always remain real and authentic. So mm -hmm. be me and be true to self, to be true to myself. Right. So I'm not going to put content out there that I don't believe in and that I don't agree with. Um, you know, I'm always respectful of everyone's opinions and how they want to express themselves. Um, you know, at the end of the day, this is all just a kind of a, it's a creative platform, right? It gives us a voice to, to share what we want. Um, so I think being a South Asian mom, it's obviously like I curate content that's meaningful to me and that I hope will inspire others. I think that's my, my premise, right? Is that mm -hmm. inspiration piece and that empowerment piece and people knowing that um, they, they can share their, their stories. Um, I'm a big believer that everyone has a story to share. And, you know, if given the opportunity, let's, let's share it, let's talk about it. Right. Um, so yeah, so I think that was, that was kind of, you know, um, my way of taking my platform to where I wanted to go. I love it. I feel like we're on the same page here. I, I think that's kind of been the same inspiration for me to do this platform as well. And then, yeah, it's just all about creating a space for people to share their thoughts because people have things to say. They just needed exactly. a space to say it. That's so just it. I'm curious, since you've started this platform, what kind of impact has it made and how has it helped the people in your community? So I've definitely, um, you know, I've heard some positive responses. Um, also, I haven't heard anything, which I think is normal too, because mm -hmm. it is still a very much new concept, right? To have like a South Asian mom come out and say, 
hey, this is yeah. what uh, <laughs> this is what happened in the life of a parent today, right? So, um, it's it's just starting that conversation, right? It's starting that momentum. So it's it's definitely like a work in progress. Um, like I said, I see a lot of this like happening more bump in in like the bigger cities like Vancouver and Toronto mm -hmm. and Montreal but Ottawa is still a very much small community and um South Asians community I should specify so it's a work in progress and I think with time and with you know more content that's hopefully relevant it'll it'll get there yeah I totally agree it, it takes someone to speak up and start doing that for sure and something that's come to mind for me a lot, especially working in the field I work in. So I work in family services and I've done a lot of work with young families and with kids. And for me, it's actually quite normal to, you know, go on Pinterest and search like activities for a certain age group or activities for certain learning stages. And that's or just like even kind of like discipline strategies and stuff like that. Very normal for me. But I do know that in a lot of ethnic cultures, that's actually not very normal to reach mm -hmm. out to the internet and go outside of your family. Usually it's what my grandma told me or how my mom raised me. That's so I'm right. just curious about like your personal experiences. How have you been able to kind of take both and kind of integrate it and also, you know, welcome this internet um, era as well with how you parent? That's right. Um, great question. It's definitely um, something that I'm trying to find my my swing at because, like you know, I grew up in in a South Asian household, and it was always um, you know listening to what the aunties were telling my mom, right? Um, but also, I have to give it to my mom. She she's um, you know she's got a journalism background, so she was very Ooh. much equipped. To, yeah, yeah, she was always 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 pushing us to read if any if you don't want to do anything just read read books read the newspaper be current with your affairs and so um we always had that on us and so now what i'm trying to do with my kid um well just my three and a half year old for now mm -hmm. is um just kind of like bring her up to speed with what's happening in life, right? Um, because those are the true experiences and that's what's going to help you, um, you know, navigate through through this crazy world, right? Um, we do do like certain activities. I am that Pinterest mom and I do yeah. find activities off Pinterest from time to time because I'm like, oh crap, I see like, I see other moms posting. Like, should I be, should I be doing the ABCs? Should I be doing her numbers? Like, you know what I mean? You kind of just get influenced in this. Yeah. And so um, I think it's just about finding that right balance, right? So I try to do a little bit of both. I try to be practical, but at the same time, like give her, you know, these tools and resources where she can apply a lot of these, um, you know, like learning her ABCs and her numbers and words and colors and that sort of thing. Wow, I honestly, I didn't even think about like the toxic side of social media for moms. Oh yeah, there's, there's a whole, <laughs> you know, and I try, um, it is very toxic and you have yeah. to be, you have to filter what, mm -hmm. you know, what you see and what you do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's also really important that you don't get sucked into a lot of it too. Yeah. Um, and that's that piece that I was talking about that if you just be true to yourself and you, you know, you remain authentic and you do mm -hmm. what you believe in, then you can always kind of separate um, yourself from going into that dark hole. But it happens. You come, you sometimes see like, you know, even one of your best mom friends is probably like doing all these amazing arts and crafts. And then you go back and you start questioning, 
should I be doing more arts and crafts with my child? Like, <laughs> you know, but it's all in love, right? At the end yeah. of the day, like, I think, um, I think if there's one message that I could really relay, it's that, you know, motherhood is not a competition. It's not about who's doing it the best way, right? Mm -hmm. We're all in this journey together. We should be leaning on one another to make sure that we are giving our children equally, you know, all a chance in this yeah. world, right? Because they are our future generation, right? Ultimately, they're the ones that are are taking, you know, the values that they've learned from us and and becoming people in this world, right? So it's just, it's making sure we have that, that adequate support system. Oh, I love that. I feel like in general, as human beings, we put so much pressure on ourselves. So I can't imagine how much pressure you'd put on yourself if another human being is depending on you. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's a great message. Like we're, we're all just human. Sometimes exactly. we, we forget that, but you got to remind yourself, we're just human. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious with your platform, like what kind of stuff has come up and what kind of things do people struggle with or do like they share? So, um, you know, just recently, like I said, I started doing more of, um, the connecting pieces. So that's mm -hmm. having these virtual conversations with, with local, uh, parents. Um, and we're just talking about, you know, a whole wide variety of, um, of different issues, right? So mental health, um, raising good, you know, <laughs> sustainable humans mm -hmm. is a big one, right? Like how do we do that in this big, crazy world that we're living in right now? Um, and then, like I mentioned too, like talking to dads and hearing their perspectives yeah. on parenthood too, right? Because I feel like, you know, yes, we, you know, as moms, I think we're doing an amazing job with, you know, standing up for ourselves and telling the world that, you know, hey, motherhood is not as easy as we sometimes portray it out to be. Mm -hmm. Um that sometimes we forget about the dads. The dads get kind of like put into this dark corner and, um, you know, especially like when, when there's a new baby born, all attention goes to baby, right? And then mom secondary and then dad somewhere down, down the list, right? Yeah. So I really felt it was imperative to start hearing from, um, from dads. And I started with, you know, a good friend of mine and, um, he's, uh, he's actually like, he's, he's a local DJ here in Ottawa and he's got two little boys and we sat down and had this virtual chat one day and, um, and he just, he, he shared, he shared his feelings, he shared his thoughts. And that's what I think we need to do more of, right. Mm -hmm. Is hear from, from those who don't necessarily, um, have that voice to, or be given that opportunity, right. To, to speak. So, um, so I think, I think, you know, it's been, it's been great doing all these connecting pieces and I want to do so much more because I think, um, you know, there's so much more to share. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so let's see where, where it goes. Yeah. I could, I can only imagine when you open that door for these dads, like how much, they were willing to share and like let out about their own experiences. It's so true. I watched mm -hmm. this episode. I don't know if you know about the show Blackish. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, it's a show on City TV, and then okay. it was talking about fathers, like Mother's Day and Father's Day, and how for Mother's Day, like the dad helps the kids to do this like elaborate setup for the mom, <laughs> and then when it's Father's Day, like the kids forget about. Them. Yes. <laughs> or like they gave him like cold soup or something for dinner. Oh no. They're like, oh, well, we tried. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I think we like, you know, we give dads are like, they're, they're, they're loved in a different way, right? They're valued in a different way, yeah. right? You know, when I, 
think of my husband and what he does around the house. Like, you know, there's certain things that he takes care of that I don't necessarily have the capacity to do and, and, you know, vice versa. Right. And this is also, um, this is a shift happening too, right. In our society where, you know, before many, many years ago, it was always like dads were the breadwinners and they brought home the dough and they, they, you know, then the, the wives had to take care of the households and, you know, do the laundry, do the cooking, etc. Not anymore. Right. You know, that's changing. Right. And, and as it should, right. Because moms work full time too now and they are the dough, you know, they bring in the dough as well. And uh, yeah, so it's just, it's, it's, it's finding that, that balance, it goes back to that balance piece again. And then it also goes back to, well, if moms are feeling it, dads are feeling it too. Yes, so 100%. yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited to see new platforms coming up and men having opportunity to talk, share and women of all backgrounds, which mm-hmm. is really, that, that part's really excited to me. So I think it's really great that you started this platform and, and I'm excited to see what you do in the future. Thank you. I also know that you started another platform as well, and that one's called the Lotus Movement. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that one? That's right. So the Lotus Movement is a, um, it's an initiative, it's a grassroots initiative, and it was started because um, so I experienced postpartum anxiety when I had, um, when I had my first, I didn't realize it, but when I had my second, I think I truly understood what was going on. And I know there's a lot of stigma still associated to mental health within the South Asian community. And I was just very much, you know, to be blunt, I was just tired of it. I was tired of the fact that there's nowhere to, to have these conversations and to hear other people's, um, not hear the people's struggles, but relate, relate to what people are going through. So, um, so I started this movement in hopes of, you know, demystifying the stigma and having, um, you know, having those talks and raising the awareness around mental health and that it's okay to, to talk about what we're feeling. Um, I think that's one thing that we, we don't do much of in, in the South Asian community. You know, I think it's beautiful that we're all about the arts and the culture um, mm-hmm. and the dancing and the party. And that's amazing. I agree with all that. I mean, for so many years, I was, um, you know, I would call myself a South Asian culture advocate because I was a part of, um, a part of the South Asian festival here in Ottawa. I was one of the organizers. And so that's what I did. I did a lot of that advocacy, but now finally, you know, I think my mindset changed that, okay, all that's great, but we need to talk about the real issues at hand as well and what people are struggling with and where they need help. How can we help as a community collectively to, to make sure that these people are not suffering in silence? Yeah. And my, I'm, I'm curious from your experiences and your perspectives, where do you see the gaps right now, aside from like what you talked about in mental health and South Asian communities? I feel like there's still a lot of, um, you know, this concept of what, what will people think, yeah. you know, right? Like, why, why are we still thinking like this, right? This is, this is not a time where should, where we should be thinking why, what would people think? It should be more like, what can we do to, to help these people, right? And so, you know, the same way that we give, um, you know, I don't want to say importance, but, you know, relevance to these other, like, you know, um, issues and as if you had a a cold, right? You give this, you give that attention. Well, why wouldn't you give attention to, to your mental state, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's equally as important as when you break a leg or, um, you get a cold, like I said. So it's just, it's something that we need to normalize in, in our community. And it's, it's not, um, 
it's not happening as fast as it should. Um, and I realized that too, like, just as I mentioned with, with my motherhood platform and, you know, now, now launching this mental health platform, the momentum is slow because it's, it's something that people don't want to talk about. You're so right. You're so right. It's just, it's, it's, they don't want to talk about it. And it's, it's because there's a fear, there's a stigma associated to it. You know, if you, you go back to like, if someone knew that, you know, you were dating someone who had a mental illness, well, would they want those two to, to get married or, you know, settle down or have kids or whatnot. Right. And it's just that there's nothing wrong, right. There's nothing wrong with saying that you have a mental illness or you're struggling with your mental health. It's just, you need to find those resources to help you. Right. And, and so that's what people need to understand that this, this is, this is something that needs to be talked about more. Yeah, I 100% agree. And even for our generation, for example, I feel like we like to say, oh, you know, I'm not like my parents. I don't, I don't do any of that. I don't, I'm not like, like worrying or exaggerating like my parents do. But the truth of the matter is, and this has been, this is a forever learning curve for me is that it's still internalized somewhere in here and I don't realize it. Now I feel like I'm more aware and I'll notice it, but especially when I was younger, um, when I wouldn't want to say something or speak up or I'd rather keep it to myself or keep it a secret, it was because I was scared of what other people thought. And I, it was that whole, you know, you don't tell other people about your business, but it's so true. And that's just it, right? We've, we've internal, it's internalized. It's, 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 it's in our, as bad as it sounds, it's in our in, in DNA, right? Like yeah. this is how we grew up, right? And so, um, you know, even through throughout university and, and after university, like I'm sure if I knew what I knew today, mm-hmm. I would have I would have gotten that help a lot sooner, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's another piece to this movement is that, um, you know, that people relate that what they're going through is, is something that, um, that they can get help for. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just, just directing them to the right, right places is, is, um, is the goal. Yeah. So if, um, if people are interested in participating in either of your platforms, how are they able to do that and how can they get connected with you? So everything's social at the moment, yeah. <laughs> all through socials. Um, so definitely through Instagram, that's probably probably the easiest way to, to get a hold of me. Um, so on my Mama Untold Thoughts on Instagram, and then as well as on um, the Lotus Movement Instagram page, um, just send me a DM, send me a DM if you want to get involved. So with the Lotus Movement, what I'm uh, focusing on is a virtual speaker series. So I would have hoped, you know, that this would have been in person as mm-hmm. it would have been more interactive. But of course, given COVID, we are now in a virtual state yeah. <laughs> at the moment. So, um, so yeah, so it's all a virtual series. So usually every week, two weeks, I launch a new speaker who is either a mental health advocate, a professional, or just someone who wants to share their, um, their story on on how they struggled or yeah, yeah, their struggles and their challenges and, um, how they came out of it as well. So just really hoping that this will be, um, an inspiring piece for others. And so, yeah, just find us on Instagram. We're, we're there. Love it. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to link all of the all the platforms. I think it's really important for people to find different outlets to share. And yeah, thanks for telling us about that. Absolutely. So I also want to know more about you and the things that you're into right now. So what is the culture of Minakshi? Like, do you have any books that you're into right now? Any TV shows, music, movies, podcasts? 
Oh, Vinita, if only you knew my life is. <laughs> <laughs> it's controlled by a three. Or, no, I'm just kidding. It's uh, it's really not. Um, so I I like to I like to have fun. That's my big mm-hmm. thing is nice. have fun in life because life is really short and you just never know when the unexpected can happen. Right. Um, so I tend not to take things too seriously. I also try not to read too much, too many serious books and and shows, um, unless if it's Ozark, if it's Ozark, then I'm hooked because I just, Oh yes. I just killed season three and it's awesome. So, um, if you're looking for a new show to anyone listening, Ozark is definitely the one. Um, podcasts, I have to admit, I'm not, um, I'm not a big, big listener. I know there's a lot out there and I try to kind of catch a couple of episodes here and there, but I also find that I'm a big TV person. Uh, Yeah. So just, I always have, the TV's always on in the house. Um, It's always that extra noise because I hate a quiet house. (laughs) So either TV or music and um, I love Bollywood. Bollywood is oh. probably, um, my heart's with Bollywood. <laughs> so, uh, I grew up just listening to a lot of like Bollywood songs and watching a lot of Bollywood movies. So for me, it's either, if you don't, if I'm not watching Netflix, there's either a Bollywood movie on or there's Bollywood songs on. What's your favorite classic Bollywood movie? Oh no. Oh no. You didn't have <laughs> me for that one. <laughs> Um, oh, there's so many. I mean, you have your classics. There's like Dilwale, Dilhaniyale Jayenge, there's Kuch Kuch Hota, there's, and by the way, these are all on Netflix at the moment. So yeah, I just I actually, that. yeah, all of a sudden, so, all of a sudden. So I just started like rewatching them. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was a big Ashwarya Rai fan growing up. So I would just try and watch like any movie she was in. Um, and this, was actually I think this is originally a um a South Indian movie but it was called or it's called Jeans I'm not sure if you remember it but anyways that was one of like my favorites and um I used to love all the songs and anyways now I'm just kind of going into <laughs> memory lane there <laughs> going down memory lane but um yeah and and in terms of books I don't get as much time as I would like to reading anymore um I mean for the longest time I have the nest sitting on my nightstand and I just I it's I can't even remember where I'm at at that point with that book um but yeah like I and I feel like now too like with um life with kids and also getting involved with kind of these, these different platforms. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time on my phone, which is probably not a good thing, but, um, I also do remind myself to unplug from, from time to time. And when I do unplug, then I'm, I'm watching Netflix. (laughs) I mean, I I feel like I'm on the same boat here and I'm on the screen all the time. And like, on social media and stuff. And then it's like an extreme, either I'm fully in or I'm like, get it away from me. I don't want to look at it. Exactly. But you know what? It's so important to have those days where you're just like, take my phone and, and like hide it in a drawer somewhere. I don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah. And also I'm curious uh, off the top of your head, if you know any good online parenting resources that are easy to access. Mm, I follow, I mean, there's so many different, um, different accounts um oh my goodness off the top of my head i mean today's parent is a good one that i follow um motherly would be another one um I'm trying to think of another 
I'll have to, maybe, maybe I can find them and, and send them yeah. to you and then we can link them that way. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank here, but I'm also like, one thing that I want to mention too, is that, um, you know, it's really great trying to find like these resources and get av advice on, on all these different parenting sites, but sometimes it can be very overwhelming too. Mm -hmm. So I try not to get too like knee deep into, into all of, all of those resources. I mean, it's good to always just have at the back of your uh, mind in case you need to reference something like, you know, when does a babe get her first shots and that yeah. sort of thing. Right. Um, but I think for that too, like I, I always just refer to, um, like our public health, uh, yeah. you know, center here in Ottawa. Um, they've got amazing apps and, and resources mm -hmm. online. So I just kind of, um, I lean to, to the community ones for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for talking with me today. I love your, I love your views on motherhood and I love that you are raising little strong women. That makes me so happy. Yes. And just a fun fact, I call them my little warriors because, uh, yeah, <laughs> they're my little warriors. I, I'm not a big fan of like, oh, let's call them princesses and, mm -hmm. and you know, yeah, no, I, I, I like to refer to them as my warriors. They're my little fighters as I call oh, them. I love it. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for coming again. And I'd love to have you again and talk more about your platforms and parenting. I feel like I don't talk about it enough on my platform, but I think it's a pretty important um, oh. topic. For sure, for sure. Thank you so much, Vanita, for for having me on your platform. I think you're also doing amazing, um, amazing work. So kudos to you to to creating this platform and inspiring and empowering others to to share their their piece. Thank you so much, and thank you to everyone for listening. If you get a chance, please check out my Instagram at Young Culture Podcast, and we will talk to you soon.